0: There's a handful of guys to worry about in Auburn's matchup against Texas A&M this Saturday.
1: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to
0: the coast. Yes. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me for War Report Wednesday, it's Mike Jeeb of the War Report. We've got four players specifically that we're going to highlight. Two on offense, two on defense that we think uh, could pose a factor on the Texas A&M side of things. As, of course, Auburn heads to College Station to start conference play this Saturday. Mike G, let's start on the offensive side of the football. And the, both of these players, uh, not quarterback. Obviously, Connor Wegman will have a huge impact on this game. But let's look at his two wide receivers, Evan Stewart and Anias Smith. Let's start with Evan Stewart, primarily an outside wide receiver, but they do move him around the formation. Mike G. And so when you look at it, he's got 96 snaps on the outside of the field. And then he's got 26 snaps in the slot, 53 are to the left, 43 are to the right. So he mo- they moved him around the formation. And Mike, I cannot wait to see how they use DJ James to manipulate their coverage. Does DJ James follow Evan Stewart around the game? Or does Auburn trust all their defensive backs with Nehemiah Pritchett probably making his re- Turn and say, no, we can cover you with anybody.
1: Yeah. Look, I think that this is going to be strength on strength, right? Um, AM's receivers look good. Uh, no. Hugh Freeze made a point, uh, in this week's presser about talking. He wants people to, rem- he wants to remind people that they've been recruiting five stars for a few for a few years. There's a ton of talent here. So yeah. Evan Stewart is, is, is a talented guy. Um, they've got talent everywhere. He leads the team in targets. He's got 19 catches on 27 targets. Uh, Wegman has looked for him early and often. Uh, he's got two drops on the season. So he's not, he's, you know, I, I feel like Ooh. he's a guy that DJ James could lock down. But it's okay. going to be a fun matchup. I, you know, to answer yeah. your question, yes, I think DJ James follows around the field. He is the one guy in, in that wide receiver room you absolutely cannot let get off, right? You cannot afford for him to have a good game, uh, you know, and and expect to win this one. I expect Auburn to struggle to score points in this one. So I expect them, if they're going to have a chance to win, to have to hold a ms receivers to, you know, I don't know if you stop them, but I, certainly I think DJ James can contain him.
0: Yeah, and I think a bend, don't break style of, of play could yep. possibly happen on the Auburn side of things for, uh, you know, in this battle at college station, Evan Stewart, he's listed right at six foot Mm -hmm. watching him play. I don't think he is six foot, but that doesn't mean he's not dynamic. I mean, the guy moves very, very well. He's very shifty. And I think he's really good at creating space with his routes and his burst. I think DJ James will be able to physically lock him down. I just do. This isn't the matchup that I'm most concerned about, but it's an important one because if DJ can't, then that's an issue. And I like Nehemiah Pritchett, you know, if DJ doesn't follow him around and Nehemiah Pritchett's got him and maybe, maybe Nehemiah plays boundary corner on Saturday, we'll see. Um, This is a big task for his first game back. (laughs) Like this is, this is a big task in front of him. So keep an eye on Evan Stewart on Saturday. The other guy, Anaya Smith plays more in the slot. Mike G, 93 snaps in the slot, 42 snaps out wide. So the majority of the snaps are going to be in the middle of the field. And with the news of Keontae Scott missing some time, who's been so good in the middle of the field, uh, a re- potential return of Donovan Coffman becomes even more important because Anaya Smith has to be covered consistently and effectively if Auburn wants to win on Saturday.
1: Yeah, look, a little bit of news for the listeners. Donovan Kaufman is on track to play on Saturday, so that's huge news for Auburn, obviously. Um, He was the highest-graded defensive back through two weeks, according to PFF. Uh, Before sitting out, you know, Sanford. So uh, there was some concern. I felt like them holding him out was very precautionary, understanding that he's going to be a key piece there. Um, But with Anaya Smith, right, second most targets on the team, uh, uh, Wegman has looked for him often, um, and he's averaging 14.9 yards per catch uh so that's that's a first down and a half zach every time this guy touches the ball uh and they can find a way to get it to him you know you limit these two I think that Donovan Kaufman is, is going to be up to the task if he's healthy he's up to the task okay. of slowing this guy down but man look uh we've looked at some of the tape of anias and Wegman when you know when he's scrambling you know he seems to just he's one of those guys that can kind of settle into you know, a broken down play and find an open spot where the quarterback will just find him. He nests in, uh, he's got good hands. You know, I, again, I, I'm, I'm kind of giving away uh, something for later right now, but I don't feel great about Albert's matchup, but this is actually one of the, Areas where I do feel good about Auburn is defensive backs versus wide receivers. They've got a ton of talent, but I think that Auburn's defensive backfield is really unheralded here, man. They've done a great job so far this season, despite the competition. They played assignment, sound football. Assignment alignment is what he freezes talked about. Donovan Kaufman's been one of the best in the country at that. So I I think he can lock down an IS Smith.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. And look, they uh, you know they may play more zone and kind of use Jalen Simpson. I mean, he's been so good at covering so much ground hmm. so far this season. Maybe that'll continue to happen as well. I, I can't wait to see what Ron Roberts' defensive game plan is because there's no way he's fully just unloaded the bag yet. When we talk about all of these these potential you know blitz packages that he has at his disposal and, and what we've seen him do at previous stops. I can't wait to see, you know, how they use Eugene Asante and Larry Nixon and these athletic linebackers to potentially help elevate their play as well. Because you can't imagine that he's used everything yet. And I think from a coverage standpoint, that's certainly, certainly going to be the case, Mike G. As far as Connor Wegman goes, the Texas A&M quarterback, how much does he scare you as an SEC quarterback?
1: Um... I don't want to discounter Wegman,
0: right? Uh, okay, so I, I'm higher on Connor Wegman than you are. It sounds yeah, like because yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. he's a top half SEC quarterback right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't want to discounter Wegman. Uh, okay. I think that you have to give A and M some credit, uh, even in the loss to Miami early in the season. Uh, they mm-hmm. put up, they lost that game. It felt like a block there. They moved the ball. They moved the ball versus Miami, and they scored over 30 points. And you know. <laughs> Part of, that game is part of the reason why I don't feel good about this game in particular for, for uh, Auburn. I get but, it. But, you, know, you know, he's 70% on the season, and they've played somebody. Right? Hear me out. He's just under 70% on the season, and they've actually played somebody. So, uh, Connor Wegman, man, eight touchdowns to two interceptions here. Uh, 8.5 yards per attempt is not great. That's Ooh. not a great average. So, you know, they, they, they he's looking for guys short. I I think personally – what Auburn should do to Wegman is take away the easy stuff, make him push the ball down the field. Uh, if if it's me, Connor Wegman is going to have to beat me with his arm in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, especially if Donovan Kaufman's back. I'd play guys close to the line of scrimmage, especially with kind of some of these receivers that aren't the biggest guys. And mm-hmm. you've got DJ James um, beat the crap out of them at the line of scrimmage and make him, make him get behind you. Uh, yeah. I'm 100% with you on
1: that. It should be noted, too, that his receivers have four drops total already on the season for him. Uh, so his adjusted completion percentage is just under 80% as well, too. Uh, it's not that yeah. Auburn needs to worry about Connor Wegman. So if anybody heard me say, I'm not worried about Connor Wegman, I am certainly worried about him. But is he a guy? He's not unflappable. He's certainly not unflappable. Sure. And you know, if Auburn can generate any form of a pass rush on this guy. I think you can force him into some mistakes that in a tight game may be the difference between winning or losing.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I asked our locked on Aggies host, Andrew Stefaniak. Yeah. I asked him, okay, who are the defensive guys that we need to be looking at? And he, uh, he gave me these two guys and they kind of surprised me. Sounds like they surprised you as well. They did. Mike G. So we'll talk about that in just a moment right here. Unlocked on, on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Mike G, do you like being comfortable? I do like being comfortable. Do you like looking good? I like looking good and being comfortable. Do you like uh, like just sweating a ton? No, I don't like No? That. All right. Sounds like Bird Dogs <laughs> are the shorts for you. You got to love Bird Dogs. They're my favorite pair of shorts. I'm actually wearing some right now. I'm in Ohio for a week. And the only like leg where I brought Mike G I brought three pair of bird dog shorts because mm. that's all you need because they're so versatile. Went to the zoo earlier today mm. and all these people were talking about how hot it was. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so cool and comfortable in these bird dogs. So you need to check them out. Head over to bird dogs slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle. With your order, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. All right, give us some names. Mm -hmm. Give us some names of who we need to be talking about on the Auburn side as we talk about this. And I want to keep in mind, Andrew also covers Auburn. So for Auburn Daily. So he is very like, he is the guy for this matchup. The defensive players he gave us, Walter Nolan, defensive lineman, and Fidel Diggs. And he listed him as an edge, but he kind of plays all over the place. So let's start with Walter Nolan. Spends most of his time at defensive tackle. He plays on the left side and the right side of the defensive line. They move him around a little bit, but primarily a defensive tackle, that three technique, four eye roll. He's played some end. And looking at his numbers, like he's okay, right? Like he's okay. He's solid at that position, Mike G. Fidel Diggs lines up all over the place. And when you think edge, similar to Auburn's Jack position, you think about pass rush. And he's had 48 pass rush attempts on the season. He's only had four pressures. I think he had two hurries and two quarterback hits. I believe he has not gotten a sack based on what I was looking at earlier today. So I'm just a little surprised at these two names because the big talk has been Auburn's offensive line that's banged up. Can they beat this Texas A&M defensive front? And looking at these two guys specifically, you know, the, the, the Aggies experts said these are the two guys we need to be talking about. I was just a little surprised when I dug into more about these two guys, Walter Nolan and Fidel Diggs.
1: Yeah, look, uh their pass rush grades are pretty average, right? Um, an eight percent pressure rate, I guess, on the amount of you know, pass rushes he's had is that's not is good. Not great, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that Auburn's line can hold up well versus these guys by the numbers, by the numbers. Even when were- they're banged up. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I think what? Auburn can 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 hang well. Now, what? I'm not professing to know what um Texas A has at the too deep here, right? So sure. whether they bring it behind these guys, you know, who knows, man. I, you know, and, and if they throw a lot of guys at this offensive line, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, but this was Auburn's main area of concern this offseason was shoring up the offensive line. Now you get to put that to the test versus these two guys, right? By the numbers, I, I think they should do well. I think they should really do well. Their PFF grades weren't, weren't great. Um, and I didn't get a chance Zach to go back and look at a ton of tape on these two guys. Yeah. Uh, but listen, they're, they're still, they're talented. You can see the flashes of the talent in the tape, right? Uh, how, how much of it will they have put together by Saturday? I'm not convinced that it's going to be, it like a polished product by Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think Auburn's ability to score points on Saturday comes down to the trenches. Auburn's O-line versus A&M's front seven. I'm not going to say deal, I'm going to say front seven. Because I think Auburn's receivers and Auburn's scheme, at least theoretically, is going to be able to move the ball on the Texas A&M defensive backs. Because I just don't think they're good. I think they're talented, but just on the back end... Like they haven't been able to cover anything so far. And I mean, you're, you're talking about PFF grades. Like if you look at it by team in the sec, A&M's coverage grades are 13th out of 14th. Only mm-hmm. South Carolina is worse than them. When you look at team wide coverage grades and you know, that's not everything right in the season's still young sample sizes are small, especially because not everybody's really played more than one good team yet. But I just, it's going to come down to can Auburn move the ball or protect and just win these matchups in the trenches. And with the banged-up offensive line, I'm a little more nervous about it than I would be if uh, if Auburn kind of – if we knew we had Camp Stutz and two Tom Miller on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Um, when you talk about protection, right, and you're talking about the pass rush from the AM side, you know, what I think is – what they've got to be thinking is we need to force Peyton Thorne out of the pocket. Every metric says that Peyton Thorne on the run versus power five competition is going to produce mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they will focus on this certainly. Right. And those guys are going to be a lot of encouragement to get after the quarterback. Um, But you brought up Auburn's wide receivers. um, And I do want to kind of hit on this a little bit. If you give Peyton Thorne time, 100% on Saturday, you're going to see him target Rivaldo Fairweather and Jay Fair often. Right. He's going to go. This is the time of the season where you start to figure out who your go-to guys are and you go to those guys. Um, one of the questions that I had for Hugh Freeze um, in the presser on Monday was about the wide receiver combinations that we saw from Auburn. Zach, it was a ton. Mm-hmm. Right. I, we, I saw Coy out there with 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 uh, with with Martner and like you know, there were just a bunch of things that we just had not seen before. Yeah, Amari so was out there more, it seemed like. Yeah, totally. Malcolm went out there, you know, in the first uh, offensive series. So Malcolm you know, needs to be out there all the time. But nobody agreed. asked me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> agreed.
1: Uh, and to me... Uh, it pointed, and my question was, what, What's going on at receiver coach? You are doing a bunch of things there. He mm-hmm. said, You know, we're still trying to find our footing in that room. I'm paraphrasing him, but uh, they are still searching for some answers in that room, particularly on the outsides. So I understand Javeras Johnson is a little banged up. Um, you know, but you've got to go to your go to guys at this point in the season. And can Jay Fair and Rivaldo Fairweather create opportunities for? Payton Thorne to get the ball out of his hands quickly and neutralize this A&M pass rush, right? Yeah. That's that's what I'm going to be looking for uh, there. If you give Peyton Thorne time, I think he's going to find these guys and he's going to have a pretty good day.
0: Yeah, and I think you can involve both of those guys in the RPO game because mm-hmm. it's going to be short, quick stuff to both of those guys. Yep. And I think, especially early, because we don't know how Peyton's going to look. You know, when he hit the road against Cal, he didn't look as as comfortable as we would have liked. And I can't imagine College Station is going to be friendlier to them than Cal was. So that, to me, I think is what they're going to have to do early. I think your early scripted stuff mm-hmm. is going to have a lot of that in it. Quick stuff to Jay Fair. You know, uh, Tom Brady always called them drive starters, where you'd hit Welker for a three-yard, you know, yep. catch or Julian Edelman or whatever. I, I think you need drive starters to. To Jay Fair specifically, Rivaldo. Jay Fair leads the team and targets by a fair amount. Then it's Shane lot. Hooks, and then it's Rivaldo. Rivaldo has been targeted seven times, and he has seven catches. So good things happen when you throw the football <laughs> your to your, uh, your ginormous <laughs> and athletic um, tight end. But yeah, and, and then also, I want to see Auburn do more 50 50 balls. And I'm not talking about fades in the red zone, I'm just talking about give like, give Rivaldo Fairweather a chance, give Shane yeah. Hooks a chance, give Jair Shorter a chance in these situations, especially if it kind of takes a while to get the offense going, give somebody a chance. Cause I'd rather you do that on third and eight. than some of the stuff we saw them do on third and long against Cal. you know, just give, give a, give somebody a chance, stretch the field and see what happens. This is why you went out to get these bigger bodied wide receivers, go out and give them a chance to really impact the offense and impact the game. So Uh, Zach, let me go ahead. A little
1: bit of a, maybe a hot take here. Um, Auburn, through three games of the season, does not, in my opinion, have an identity on offense. Um, I don't think that the play calling has reflected a particular identity. I think Mm -hmm. it's reflected that they're trying to figure out what they have. But will we see an actual offensive – will we see a philosophy of sorts on on Saturday? Think about the last two games. Cal, they clearly came out and tried to establish a run on the road. It didn't go great. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't go great. And then, again, Sanford, (laughs) everything was about getting Peyton Thorne settled in, assuming that he's going to be your starter the rest of the way. To me, that's clearly what they were trying to do. So, Hugh Freeze has talked about teams not knowing what's coming, being an advantage. And, like, I think Team, it's good for teams not to know what's coming, but I think you still got to know who you are. <laughs> and I'm sure Auburn has checked the driver's license yet to see
0: who they are. Right? I think uh, they want to be. I think they want their identity to be a team that can run the football. Yeah. But I don't know. I I hope the way the Cal game evolved because of turnovers and really, unfortunately, time turnovers. I hope that doesn't dissuade them from trying to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I don't think the play calling and the scheme and the game planning at Sanford was about them trying to find their identity. I think it was about trying to get Peyton Thorn comfortable. Thorne is,
1: exactly. Yep.
0: Which is fine, right? I mean, you, you can't be a good football team if your offense, you know, if the leader of your offense, leader of your team, your quarterback, isn't isn't comfortable. So I mean that could feed into your identity as an offense no matter what now, it is. I, I don't love it, Zach,
1: because you, you you know, I don't love that it's game three and we're still talking about that. Because in my mind, that's why you bring a guy with that kind of experience in.
0: I think they fumbled it, though. I think the whole quarterback carousel didn't help him. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well. And so it's like you got to do something about it. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe they did it. And maybe it was in time. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? We'll Fun figure fact. that out Saturday.
1: Fun fact, Auburn does lead the SEC and rushing yards per game at 215.7. Yeah. It doesn't hey, baby, feel, there's baby. there's <laughs> your idea. Yeah, meaningless stat at this point in the season. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting tidbit.
0: Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. There's a narrative that's popped up a little bit due to a question that Hugh Freeze was asked at his presser earlier this week. Can I debunk it a little bit? Do you mind? Sure. Yeah. Do you mind? It. Let's, let's we'll go. We'll do that in just a second. Right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical, uh, they have a product called the Jace Case. And uh, their big thing is you don't want to be caught unprepared. You know, everybody, you need to take care of yourself and, uh, of course, your family as well. Um, but these days with supply chain and, and, you know, there's so many different things that happen as far as access to healthcare care and access to a, a physician. Jace Medical wants to make sure that you are prepared. They have a product called a Jace case, and they have, um, it's got multiple antibiotics sent to you, prescribed by a doctor, one of their doctors that uh, happens very quickly and with instructions on, okay, if you get some sort of infection or you have some sort of issue that you need to address and you can't get to a doctor quickly, um, the Jace case is the product. For you, you go online, you fill out a form, you get a prescription, life saving medication sent right to your door. You can save more than $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code locked on at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Use promo code locked on. All right, Mike G. On Monday, Hugh Freeze was asked about Texas A&M's third down defense, which is very good and statistically very impressive. They are third in the country on third down. They have had the opponents against them have had 34 opportunities to convert, and okay. they have only allowed seven third down conversions on the season. That's actually tied for first, but they've had uh, they've had fewer um, options in the teams in front of them, which are Michigan State. And Utah. So, about, about 20% of the time, just over 20% of the time, they are allowing a third down conversion, which is really good. Here's my thing with that because everybody's kind of taken that question and his answer to that question and ran with it. Mm. But Auburn's fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Auburn's fourth, and they've had more opportunities as well. They've had seven more opportunities, 41 third downs forced. And they've only allowed a conversion on ten of them, so that's um, that's just right at a quarter, just under a quarter of the time. So I don't think I don't think this is that big of a slant towards Texas A and M, but we've all kind of taken that because Hugh Freeze gave us uh, a nice quote about it, and he talked up Texas A and M, and he should, right? I think Texas A and M. They may not be the best football team in the world, but I do think they're one of the most talented rosters in the country because of the way they've recruited, and that's exactly what Hugh Free said on Monday. But I think this narrative of like Texas A&M being unstoppable on third down and like way better than Auburn, that's a big mismatch. I think it's a little unfair to what Auburn's done defensively so far this year.
1: Yeah, I think when you talk about this, really the big question is, how is Auburn's offense gonna do versus that third down defense? yeah, right sure. now? all right, and so um auburn is forty seven percent I think on the season Zach uh in terms of third down conversion uh on the offensive end um and it's i <laughs> I don't think it's indicative of talent. I think it's more indicative of play calling and scheme and flow of the game and a lot of it's other important. things. Right. Sure. Yeah. That affect that as well, too. Cause you can have a, a really bad call that has no chance, and then everybody will run and blame it on the players. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, now going back to your point about Auburn's defense, Auburn has been pretty damn good on defense here through, you know, the first three games of the season. Now, again, the competition has to be taken into account. Certainly, um, but they do look fairly assignment sound. That secondary, they we ball hawks, ball hawks, and even mm-hmm. on on in other years, we've not seen them uh come up with interceptions at this rate l- like they have. Sure. Um, and you know, I I do think that if if they generate a pass rush, you're going to see those guys on third down come up with some turnovers on Connor Wegman. It is completely possible. So you know, where does Auburn rank here? Uh, well, defensively. Uh, these guys are third in the conference in total defense and total yards allowed. Right. Um, they rank uh, Zach first in terms of uh, passing yards per game. 155 passing yards per game. Now, again, it's got to be taken into account who they played here. Right, right, um, and and then in in terms of rushing yards, they're middle of the pack at 109 yards per, per game allowed on the ground, uh, and then the most important stat, which is yards allowed per game, Auburn is third at 12.3 points allowed per game. So this has been a pretty good defense. I, you know, after that first game, Hugh Freeze talked about sitting <laughs> down with his defensive coaches and kind of getting into them about what some things UMass was able to do, and yeah. since then, in my book, they played very admirably. But you've had stars emerge, right? Jalen Simpson, Donovan Kaufman—like, who thought he would be one of the best DBs in the country for three weeks, right?
0: Yeah, uh, the Senior Bowl tweeting out like, "Hey, we may invite you know your whole room." Tweeting at Zach Etheridge, like, "We may invite your whole room to Mobile because yeah. the NFL wants to meet them." Like, that's that's a that, and they're doing it through their play, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like going into the year, nobody was excited about Donovan Kaufman. Nobody outside of we Auburn. Were. Give us we, some credit outside, outside of Auburn. Outside <laughs> okay. of Auburn. Nobody outside of Auburn was excited to see Jalen Simpson. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, these guys, you got to watch them, especially right. if you care about, you know, scouting guys for the next level, because all these guys are draftable right now.
1: Right. Well, I, I agree with you in saying that Auburn's defense deserves as much attention as a ms defense is getting right now, talking yeah. about how good those guys are. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you bring it part of the, the Mike, the, Mike,
0: I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off, okay. but I know we're almost out of time. Mm mm-hmm. And, and I know we got a prediction to get to. Uh, yes, D- do. do you mind? Is that okay? Yes. All right. Real quick. Who wins on Saturday and why? Look,
1: at the end of the day, right, Auburn has the horses in the one deep to keep up with Texas A&M. I think it's completely being overlooked. And look, look man, we a lot on this show, Zach. Love so, booging. We, bo- we love the book. We love the book. Are Texas we about to a- boog? No. <laughs> I think Texas A&M wins this game by 10. Um uh, I think when you don't have an offensive identity and like, listen, you know, it, part of part of the advantage to booging is we love to be wrong when we're, when we're anti-boog. But, you know, That's uh, uh Auburn has given me the feeling so far this season that those games where it's like, man, if we could have just scored three touchdowns, they would have won that one, that they may still be in that mode. We'll see how much they figure out against a talented team on Saturday on the road. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not sure if it's come together as a team just yet for this team. And this may be one of those losses that tells them a lot about who they are and what they need to fix to be who they think they can be moving forward. All right. I don't think they scored enough Let us know what you
0: guys think of Mike G's assessment on the game. Mike, how can people check out everything you guys have going on at the War Report?
1: Nah, going over to YouTube, hit subscribe, become a patron. We've got a lot of great stuff, film reviews, firesides. We're all over the place the War Report, uh, working hard this season uh, to bring you guys lots of coverage.
0: Yep. Worth your time. Absolutely. You can read all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will see you tomorrow. This has been locked on Auburn.